3. And we've titled this message, True Wisdom Comes from Above. True Wisdom Comes from Above. We're in James chapter 3, verse 13. We left off here in chapter 3 where James is exhorting the church that are undergoing trials to watch their tongue because our tongue can get us into problems. Our tongue can cause us to sin as we complain, as we maybe gossip, as, as our, our, our tongues are filled with bitterness. And here we're going to see now as he was exhorting those that thought they were so wise as teachers that their wisdom should not be revealed so much in how they speak only, but also how they behave. You see a lot of people that think that they're so wise in this world or the wisdom of this world, but their behavior is inconsistent or is contrary to any type of true wisdom. And it's so sad because today in our world, we believe that knowledge is absolute power. <laughs> but knowledge is not what we look for as believers. We look for wisdom. The knowledge of this world will not lead us or ever lead us to God. The knowledge of this world will never lead us to the gospel of Jesus Christ. The knowledge of man will not change your life. <laughs> the knowledge of what the world says will not change your life. We need the wisdom of God. Oftentimes we value and we admire education over the biblical wisdom that God has for us. And today I want to encourage you to put your eyes back onto what true wisdom is. What is true wisdom today? And he's going to tell them now here in chapter 13, or chapter 3, verse 13, that wisdom should go not only from your tongue, but also to your life. In fact, what he's going to tell them is, don't tell me you're wise. Don't try to sh now tell me you're wise by how you speak, but show me that you are wise by your behavior. Because if your heart today is right before God, He will use your words to produce the right kind of fruit. Are your words in your life producing the right kind of fruit? Or is your heart filled with bitterness and with envy and with jealousy now? Are you a, a peacemaker with your words and with your actions? Or are you a troublemaker? You see, the problem of controlling our tongues is to seek the divine wisdom of God. To seek the divine wisdom of God. Knowledge is not enough. You can't minister to someone with knowledge. You need wisdom to know how to apply that knowledge in everyday situations. You see, wisdom is skillfully applying knowledge to practical living every single day. And when you have wisdom, you're able to receive from the Lord. You're able to receive counsel. You're able to give biblical counsel. And here he's going to promote now wisdom. Now it's so important for us because even Solomon. Solomon in the Old Testament, the Lord appeared to Solomon. And he asked Solomon, Solomon, what is it that you want from me? Ask me of anything and I will give it to you. And Solomon said, Lord, give me wisdom and knowledge and understanding that I would lead your people. He asked for wisdom. And the Lord honored his wisdom, and we know that Solomon was, was the most wisest king ever to be known. Because he asked the Lord for wisdom later on in Proverbs 4, he tells us this, wisdom is the principal thing. You know what he says? Wisdom is the main thing. <laughs> What's the main thing today? Wisdom. Oftentimes we try to live without wisdom, and we live in foolishness. We live in regrets. 
We live in pain. We live chastised by the Lord in our discipline because we fail to live in wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing, is the main thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and in all you're getting, get understanding. You see, today people want to talk a lot, but they really have nothing to say. It's all man's wisdom. It's not from God. And on the day of trial, human wisdom, it's not enough to minister to our needs. We need the wisdom from above. So here he's going to define the demonstration or the manifestation of what true wisdom looks like. You want to know if it's true wisdom or if it's wisdom from above? This is how it's going to behave. It's not going to be proud. You know what the world tries to teach us today? Is that it's all about you. Knowledge is about you. It's all self-centered culture and a self-centered education. That's exactly what even psychology teaches you. It's all centered around you. <laughs> and the gospel is not about you. It's about God and God's love that he rescued you. And because of that, we serve him now. It's not a God that serves us. It's that he rescued us in our sin, and now we serve him. When you ever, every time you hear the, the gospel message, and if the gospel message is all centered around you, that's not the real gospel. <laughs> The gospel is centered around God and His grace. Now let's look at here in verse 13 because it says, Who is wise? James 3.13 And understanding among you. Who is truly wise? Who is truly understanding among you? Let him, circle this word, show. Show by good conduct that his works are done in meekness or humility of wisdom. Let's pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you. We ask, Lord, right now, not only that you would cover our lips, Lord, but our hearts and our lives would be consistent to the truth, Lord, of your word. We don't want to follow the wisdom of man, Lord, the knowledge of man. We want to follow the wisdom of God. Let us understand how wisdom is demonstrated, true wisdom. Change our hearts. Show us who you are this week of prayer and fasting. In Jesus' name, and together we said, amen. amen. Look what it says here. Who is wise and understanding? Now he's saying, you really think you're wise. You think you're a specialist now. You think that you are so smart, so educated. You call yourself a professional. <laughs> now he says this. If you think you're an expert, use your expertise in practical situations so that you can be skillful in the art now of living. <laughs> And he's already told us in James that believers should be those that show their wisdom by being slow to speak. You want to be wise? A wise person is that person that is slow to speak. Here he's saying, I want you to show that you are truly wise in your conduct. Not only by your words now, but also by your works. Not only by your words, but also by your works. It has to go beyond an attitude. Sometimes we think that we have an attitude of I am mighty and I'm, a, I'm educated and I have the wisdom and I know in and of myself I'm self-sufficient. But no, it has to go from an attitude to the actions now. And here he's going to test now the quality of what true wisdom is. I pray that today you would admire the right things. That you would look up to the right things. That they would be biblical things. Because here he's going to tell us in the second half of verse 13, look at what he says. Let him show by good conduct or good behavior that his works or his life now are done or is applied in the meekness 
of wisdom. Well, you think you're wise? A wise person, one who truly is wise, will live an honorable life. One who truly is wise will live a life of good behavior. Now, you can't say you are a wise person, but live foolishly. That is not what a wise person is going to do. And he's encouraging here the church. If you think you're so wise, why does your life look so foolish? <laughs> Notice how he says this now. In fact, he says, if you are so wise, your conduct should be demonstrated in meekness. Now, the word meekness is in humility. And humility is the fruit of the Spirit. You know that some of the most wise people are demonstrated and demonstrate their wisdom by the way that they live, and they live in humility. Those that are truly wise don't have to be living in pride. Don't have to be living in bitterness and in envy and in resentment. He's saying, live your life in wisdom now, demonstrated in your humility now. And you know that a truly wise person, how he's going to live his life and her life? They're going to live their life seeking the glory of God. They're not going to live their life to try to cater to the praises of man. They're going to live their life trying to please God only because any good work is always only for the glory of God. And in fact, what he's saying here is that the truly, the wise person is ready to obey the Lord with their life. He's ready to apply wisdom. What is wisdom? Wisdom is learning to live in humility. Wisdom is learning to live in humility. And humility, listen to this please, is the fear of God. Those that are humble, those that are living in humility, is because they have the fear of God. Now, what does the Bible tell us, Solomon, tell us what the fear of God is? The fear of God is also the beginning of wisdom. And it is in the fear of God that we cultivate now humility. Proverbs 9, 10, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Now, what he's saying here in verse 13 to the church here that he's speaking to is that we are going to verify your wisdom as it is manifested through humility and not through pride. That's how you know what true wisdom is. That's the contrast now that he's going to give us. The true wisdom, a life of true wisdom, is manifested simply in serving others, giving glory to God, and doing it all while inspired by humility of wisdom. Now look at the contrast that he gives us now in verse 14. Because he's going to paint a contrast. He's going to say, this is the, the fruits of the unwise. And then he's going to tell us, these are the fruits of the wise after. But the fruits of the unwise are manifested, or the evidences of human wisdom are manifested, not in humility, but look at it in verse 14, in pride now. It says, but if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. Do you see what he's defining now? These are the fruits of the unwise. And the unwise are going to live a life of bitterness. What's bitterness? Think about something that's bitter, that water that's bitter. You won't want to drink it. It's undrinkable water now. It's bitter. In fact, a heart that is bitter is a heart that is harsh, that is resentful, has an attitude problem. And he's saying that person that is living in wisdom is not going to be bitter. In fact, the unwise will be bitter, the unwise will be resentful, the unwise will have a harsh attitude now. And you see here how it's telling us in verse 14, if you have bitter, and then what's the next word? Envy. Bitterness 
and envy. What is envy? Is jealousy now. You see, both bitterness and jealousy show a lack of spiritual development in our lives. And it's not a manifestation of living a life of wisdom. Because you're living a life that is constantly jealous, constantly bitter, constantly now uh, competing against someone. In fact, in Galatians chapter 5.19, Paul describes this as the works of the flesh now. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, he tells us and encourages us, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. Let nothing be done through your self-ambition or your own agenda, but everything in lowliness of mind. Let each of others esteem others better than himself or above himself. Now you do see that those that are truly wise are not going to be looking for glory of self. Not only this, but it goes on and it says, and self-seeking. The wise or the unwise here he's saying are self-seeking. They have a selfish ambition in their hearts. And they're, they're promoting self. It's an exaltation. And know that self-seeking is always also demonstrated in one word here, arrogance. Isn't that the, now what the world is? Arrogant, love in love with self. Self-seeking, lovers of self. Arrogant, now he's saying. And those that are truly wise will not come off in these matters with envy and with bitterness and with jealousy or with self-seeking. They're going to look always not to strive, but to give God all the glory. You see, somebody that the Lord is, is a blessing and, is, and, is, and the Lord's hand is upon them, they're not going to look to try to fight against something. The Lord is going to just give it to them and they're going to receive it. You don't have to be ambitious for the things of this world. You see, notice how he says this now. Self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast or do not exaggerate. Do not lie now against the truth. The unwise also are demonstrated by the way that they lie, the way that they exaggerate or boast, which is another word for hypocrisy. Hypocrisy, boasting, lying, saying one thing, but really, really meaning another thing, or, or, or manufacturing or fabricating the truth. He's saying the wise person is not going to come and do this now, church. So likewise you, if you think that you are so wise, why is there envy in your hearts? If you think you're so wise, why are you bitter right now? Why are you jealous? Why are you lying? Why are you boasting now? Why are you so selfish in your ambition, in your heart? Why are you self-seeking then if you think you are so wise? In fact, even if there's something that the Lord is doing in your life, do you know that there's always a right way of now giving a praise report where God gets all the glory? <laughs> Have you ever given a praise report and somehow in that praise report, you get all the glory? <laughs> No, he's saying here, there is a way to do this in the wisdom of God, where God now is magnified, where God is glorified, where at the end of the day, people can say, God has done great things. You see, there was a selfish culture and nature that was taking place here to the church that he's speaking to and writing to. And he's telling them, you have to get your attention off of yourself. You might think you're wise, but you're so self promoting you see how people today want to promote themselves they're self-centered and the, the the wisdom of today it's all based off an image now it's all based off a personal ambition it's not a wisdom of god it's a wisdom of the world that seeks to exalt itself and not exalt the lord and i want you to know that whatever does not come from god whatever doesn't come from god is destined to fail 
No matter how successful it looks like today, if it's not from God, it's going to fail. The world might think it's so wise and it's such a brilliant idea, but it's not from the Lord. It will come to nothing. Think about the, in the Old Testament, the Tower of Babel. What happened there? They thought it was a wise enterprise to, to go up and build this tower and, and get to know God. And we want to be great. That was man wanting to be great. It ended up in failure and confusion. But think about King Saul. David is about to face Goliath. And King Saul thought it was a wise idea to give David his armor. But we know that God was for David and that David didn't need that armor, that God's plan was otherwise. <laughs> Do you see that the wisdom of man is different than the wisdom of God? What about the disciples? When the disciples said, Jesus, we're in, in a very far primitive place. We're in a deserted place. Send them away. Dismiss the crowds. Because there's no way to feed them on our own. And that was their own human wisdom. But Jesus said, let me take a few loaves and let me take a few fish now. And let me pray and multiply and feed now these people. Do you see that God's way is always better in man's way, that human wisdom will fail, but heavenly wisdom will be blessed. Human wisdom will fail, but heavenly wisdom will be blessed. Now, where does human wisdom or the natural wisdom or the selfish wisdom of this world, where does it come from? Where does it come from? He's going to tell us here in verse 15. This wisdom does not come from God. <laughs> well, before he tells us where it comes from, he's going to tell us where it doesn't come from. <laughs> And he says, it doesn't descend from above. But it's number one, earthly. It's number two, sensual. And number three, it's demonic. Have you ever tried to get counsel from the world? Notice, notice what you're receiving. If it doesn't come from God, you're going to get something that is earthly, that is sensual, and that it's demonic because God is not in it. And it's all about you. It's all about yourself. It's all about a selfish, prideful ambition. This this wisdom, he's saying in verse 15, is not from God, and it's earthly now. It's unspiritual. Are you receiving unspiritual counsel right now? It's not from the Lord. It's not from the Holy Spirit. It's not spiritual. In fact, these three things where he says earthly, sensual, and demonic, he's talking about now our three enemies now that we battle with. What are they? Number one, the world. We are constantly in, in battle with the world as we are believers. Number one, the world. Number two, the flesh, it's sensual, it's the flesh now. And also, it's also, it's demonic, the devil. These are our three enemies as believers. The world, the flesh, and the devil. The world, the flesh, and the devil. That's where the wisdom of this world comes from. You see, the world tries to measure truth by its own standards. And they try to measure success, they try to measure what your life should look like by their own priorities and their own motives now. And it's also sensual now. What does the word sensual mean? Sensual means a word now, natural. Write the word natural next to the word sensual. It comes from the Greek word psychukos. Sensual, natural now. And natural is the opposite of spiritual now. But this word, Greek word, psychukos, it's the same word or where we get our English word. Notice this, psychology. <laughs> now, what does psychology teach us? All about the love of self. All about the love of you and I. And notice this. It's sensual, it's natural, it's a wisdom that comes from the origin of man. Psychology, the wisdom that comes from the origin of man, not the wisdom that comes from God. 
In fact, the wisdom that comes from the origin of man is completely opposite to the spiritual wisdom of the Lord. You know what man's going to want to do? He's going to want to try to feed us the natural. But God is going to feed us the spiritual. That's why he says here, look, it's, it's full of now earthly, sensual, and demonic. Why demonic as well now? Demonic because this natural wisdom or the sensual wisdom is not only of the devil, it's not only demonic, that it, it's fighting also against the wisdom of God and it's also lying to you and confusing you. Do you know how many people started in the church and they believed in the word of God? And then one day, someone introduced them to another type of wisdom, and it was, a, it was a wisdom that elevated their education and their way of knowledge. And now they thought that that wisdom was better. And guess what it does? It's demonic because it comes contrary to the knowledge of God. It comes contrary to the spiritual wisdom that God wants to give you. It doesn't come from an origin of the Lord, but it comes from the origin of man. It doesn't really feed you or grow you, and it doesn't affect you. It doesn't transform your life. And this is what it's talking about here. It's deceptive. You end up lied to, deceived now. And you think that the truth now is no longer the truth. It's not now uh, obsolete that the truth is now subjective. Well, the truth can mean anything. You know when that comes from? That comes from a demonic wisdom. When you hear someone say, well, the truth can mean one thing to you, and then the truth can mean something else to me, that is demonic. (laughs) That is of the world. That is not of God. And this is exactly what he's teaching us. That we ought to not be led by an emotional, selfish, proudful now gain. Now notice verse 16. For where envy and self-seeking exist, and where there is jealousy, and when there is selfish ambition, and when there is self-promotion now, notice this thing, confusion and every evil thing are there. Now, you would ask yourself, well, you know what, I'm in this situation where I find a self-seeking now situation or circumstance or self-promotion. Guess what it breeds only? It's only confusion. And it's of the devil now. But the confusion exists, the disorder exists, the instability exists here, not, not because someone's heart, so, so to speak, but it's the chaos from the human wisdom that is worthless or every evil thing is there. It's not only things that are evil, but also things that are good for nothing. That's exactly what he's talking about here now. It's simply good for nothing, and all it does is it brings confusion. The New Living Translation, it says, For there is jealousy and selfish ambition. There you will find disorder and every evil kind of thing. Look around our world. Do you find disorder and every evil kind of thing going on right now? Why? Because man in his own wisdom, in the wisdom of man, wants to be able to make decisions off of proudful, selfish things. You know what that adds to our world, to our culture? It has brought confusion. It has brought division. Because in and of ourselves, we think that we are enough. That we know that we're so knowledgeable. We are not knowledgeable. We need the Lord. And we need the wisdom that comes from God. You see, God is a God of order. He's not a God of confusion. And confusion doesn't honor God. Confusion, in fact, it corrupts. And this is exactly why he's, he's speaking against this human wisdom because, number one, human wisdom is limited to the standards and the priorities of man. 
Human wisdom is characterized by your human nature, by your sinful nature. It's not characterized by a redeemed soul. It's characterized by an unsanctified heart and mind. And it's generated by Satan's forces. That's what he's telling us. So he, what he's wanting to know is, and, and realize for the church here that he's, he's writing to is that, that man's wisdom will always come with reason and with logic, but God's wisdom is going to come with revelation. Do you want revelation today or reason of this world? God's wisdom comes with revelation now. Man's wisdom will, will come to nothing, but, but God's wisdom will, will endure forever. And here he's going to tell us now, verse 17, where true wisdom or spiritual wisdom comes from. It comes from above. It's not of the earth. And notice how the true wisdom of God comes from. It's not like the false wisdom, but notice here, verse 17, but the wisdom that is from above. I love that. The wisdom, where is it from? It's from above. Now notice that the believer has promises that remind us that everything that we belong to and that we identify with are from above. Do you remember in James chapter, uh, just here, 3, he has exhorted us, or earlier in James, he's already told us that every good and perfect gift is from above. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, Paul tells the church that her citizenship is in heaven now. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, Jesus says that her treasures are not on earth, but they're on heaven. In John chapter 3, Jesus tells us that we are born of above. We are born spiritually reborn. What about John 14, where Jesus says, guess what? Your home is in heaven. You see that all of the promises that we have are from above? In fact, in Colossians chapter 3, what does Paul tell us? Set your eyes on things that are above. Set your affections on things that are above. Everything that God has for you and his promises are so that you can look to him and look to above. It's only through receiving Jesus that we can receive this wisdom. But notice here in verse 17 it says, But the wisdom that is from above first, or is first, the person that is wise is demonstrated, number one, pure. You want to live a life that is wise, or are you living a life that is holy? Pure means that is undefiled, that has moral sincerity, that is spiritual integrity, that is free from defilement, that leads to purity of life. True wisdom leads to purity of life now. And every Christian, every person that has given their life to the Lord must have this kind of motivation in their heart. I want to live a pure life. Because it's not until you start to live a pure life that you will live a life filled with wisdom. There are times that we think that we're living a, pure, a, a wise life. We deem ourselves so wise, but our life is filled with sin. Now he's saying here, you want wisdom in your life? Guess what? The number one thing is first, holiness. Wisdom means holiness. Now look at what it also means. Not only holiness or not only purity, but also it says here now, first pure, then peaceable. Look at that order. First pure, then peaceable. You want purity in your life today? It starts with purity then, and then it goes also to peaceable. Now, it means that it's, that person is not proud or it's not divisive now. It's not going always contrary to the will of God. They, they are now coming in harmony or in unity now. And you know this is of the Lord. You know this person is coming in the spirit of God or in the wisdom of God when they're demonstrating one thing, holiness and unity. You want to know it's from God? Is this from the Lord today? Is there, is there holiness here? And is there unity here? 
And notice, this is exactly the two things that we need in the church. Holiness and unity. And in that order. Because we cannot come and try to compromise purity for unity. And oftentimes we're going to think, well, I'm going to compromise my purity for the unity. No, that's not how it works. It's first purity, and it's uncompromising. And after that, it is unity now. And you know that's of the Lord. Now, let's keep reading here. He says, first pure, then peaceable. But also, he says, gentle now at all times. What does it mean? A person that is wise is gentle. It means that they're patient. That they're coming with an attitude now of humility or an attitude of gentleness. And that's what he's talking to us about. Not only is it pure or peaceable, but it's also gentle. And it says, willing to yield. The truly wise person, the truly wise church will be a church and a person, a man and a woman of God that is teachable. Has someone ever told you, well, you know what, I just want to direct you to this verse and, and you don't like what that verse says. <laughs> or they try to encourage you in a certain way and you try to, you know, I, I don't want to hear that right now. You know what the truly wise person is going to say? They're going to listen. And they're going to be willing to yield, to receive. Willing to yield means I'm going to receive that I'm going to take that in, and guess what? I'm going to learn. I'm going to be compliant now to the truth and persuaded, submitted now to what the truth says now. Are you submitted to what the truth says, or you have your own standard of truth? You're willing to yield, but you're obedient to God's standards here. That's what he's saying. The wise are going to be pure. They're going to be peaceable. They're going to be gentle. They're going to be willing to yield. But notice here in verse 17, they're going to be full of mercy. To be full of something means that you're controlled by it. Are you controlled by mercy today? What is controlling your heart today? Controlled by mercy means you're controlled now by a spirit of concern when it comes to someone else's need or pain. That's mercy. I'm filled. I'm concerned with others' needs now. Not only that, but mercy means to forgive. I'm quick to forgive. I'm full of mercy. You know what wisdom tells you? Wisdom tells you, forgive. <laughs> it's the opposite of what your pride tells you, right? Your pride tells you, no, get even. But wisdom tells you, forgive. Wisdom is full of mercy. What are you full of today? I'm going to tell you something. You're either full of yourself <laughs> Well, you're full of the Holy Spirit. And we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. When you think that you don't need God, guess what you're filled with? You're filled with your pride. Because your pride is saying, I don't need God. That's good for someone else, but I don't need God. That is pride. And here he's saying, you know what? You're full of mercy now, showing good fruits. Notice what it says, full of mercy and good fruits. Not only am I, I care about these people or I have compassion, but I'm also extending my hand to help. And those that are faithfully now coming to the Lord for wisdom, those that are faithful are those that are going to be fruitful. Are you faithful to the Lord? And you're coming to Him and saying, Lord, I want you to change my heart. I want you to give me your wisdom, not the wisdom of the world. I don't want the standard of the world. I want your standard because when I submit to that, guess what I can have? I can have fruit in my life. But also it goes on in verse 17, it says, without partiality and without hypocrisy. True wisdom, the wisdom of this world, it's shown without hypocrisy, with no favoritism. It's consistent 
It's unwavering. It's undivided. It's committed now. It has conviction. It makes no unfair distinction. It doesn't change its mind always. Notice what he's telling us here in verse 17, without hypocrisy or without now partiality. What does he say? This because God's wisdom is always sincere. It's not fake. A truly wise person that is living in the wisdom of God, notice they don't try to manipulate, but they are always sincere. Now why is he telling us this in, from verse 16 and 17? Because God's wisdom brings harmony. God's wisdom brings harmony in your life, in your home, in your family, in the church. And if you want that harmony, that unity, we have to say, Lord, I want you to give me the wisdom that comes from you, that comes from your word. Here James is saying, well, if you claim to have wisdom, as you should, if you claim to have wisdom, the wisdom that you should, why do you live your life as you shouldn't? <laughs> and oftentimes we sing, well, I know the Bible, I know the truth. I know what the truth is according to the world's standards. Well, if you claim to be so wise as you should, why do you live a life as you shouldn't? And finally, verse 18, notice what it says. Now the fruit of righteousness. Now you're going to see really what the fruit of wisdom does in a person's life who are coming in a spirit of gentleness and a spirit of humility. Notice, now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. You know what the Christian life looks like? It looks like a life of sowing and reaping. The Christian life is a life of sowing and reaping now. And he's saying here now that, that the, the fruit of righteousness will bear fruit from those that are planting, will be a result now, or a harvest of righteousness, a harvest of salvation from those that sow seeds of peace now. You look in our world today, what are people sowing seeds of? Division, of hatred, of anger. But we as believers, we're called that our conduct would be different. It says, and the fruit of the righteous is sown in peace. Are you sowing peace? Because when you sow peace, guess what you get? Righteousness. When you sow peace, it gives fruit to righteousness now. What you sow will determine what you reap now. And change lives now are a product of good works for the glory of God that are being sown by the seeds of peace by the believers. Now, I love what it said before, that righteousness flourishes in a climate of spiritual peace. You want righteousness to be exalted? It only flourishes in a climate and in an atmosphere of spiritual peace. What do we need today? We need peace. We can't have it amongst ourselves until we have peace with God. People are saying, well, we need unity. We're so divided. You can't have unity. You can't have unity in the heart of man, of sinful man, until man is reconciled to God. And that's when unity begins. Unity doesn't begin in, your, in our own human wisdom. Unity begins when we're reconciled with God. And here he's saying it's going to bear a harvest now, a harvest of righteousness because we have sown peace now. What are you sowing today in your life? What have you been sowing? Because everything that you sow every single day as a believer is going to determine the outcome of the harvest that you see in your life. Are you sowing into wisdom or are you sowing into an unwise knowledge of the world? Are you sowing into the word of God, sowing into prayer, or are you sowing into the standard of man? As we end today, I want to leave you with four different points when it comes to spiritual wisdom. Number one, spiritual wisdom comes from where? The word of God. 
Spiritual wisdom comes from the Word of God. You always want wisdom that comes, you need wisdom for today. It comes from the Word of God. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 5. Write that down. Deuteronomy 4, verse 5. It says, keep therefore and do them. Talking about the Word of law. For this is your wisdom. This is your wisdom. The Word of God is your wisdom. And understanding in the sight of the nations. You want to have understanding in the sight of our nation and wisdom? The Word of God or spiritual wisdom comes from the Word of God. Number two, spiritual wisdom comes from prayer. Spiritual wisdom comes from prayer. James chapter 1, verse 5. What did he tell us? He said, if anyone needs wisdom, what did he ought to do? Ask of God. <laughs> Spiritual wisdom comes from prayer. A lot of times, oh, well, I need so much wisdom for this situation. You know what you need to do also? Is go to prayer. Because that's where you find wisdom. If anybody needs wisdom in the trial, ask of God. James 1, 5. Number three, spiritual wisdom is humble and it is gentle. That person that's living in the wisdom of God, that is, is now manifesting the wisdom of God, they're not going to come with their own proud agenda. They're going to come, and guess what? In the wisdom that comes from the Lord. James chapter 3.13, we just read it. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by his good conduct that his words are done in what? In humility of wisdom. You don't have to come with a proud attitude. Because pride doesn't show humility, it shows foolishness. Pride demonstrates foolishness. And finally, number four, it says spiritual wisdom counsels us. Spiritual wisdom counsels us in the will of God. A lot of times we think and we realize that we are deviating from the will of God. And we need counsel in our lives. Maybe we need to counsel for a certain situation that, it, that we're undergoing or circumstances. You know what the best counselor is? In fact, Jesus called the best counselor, the Holy Spirit. He's going to come comfort you, and he's going to come counsel you. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17, it says, The Holy Spirit of God is the spirit of wisdom and revelation. <laughs> Do you need the spirit of wisdom and revelation? The Holy Spirit of God is the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Man says, you don't need God. But the Spirit of God is yearning in our hearts, saying, you do, wooing us in into His presence. And what do we need today? We need the Holy Spirit because it's the spirit of one thing, wisdom and the spirit of revelation that's going to counsel us in the will of God. Today we're going to go ahead and pray. And we're going to ask the Lord that He would lead us into prayer. It would be a church that is looking for the wisdom that comes from God. If there's one thing that we want to pray for this week is we want to pray for wisdom. How many of you guys need wisdom today? Just raise your hand. Amen. That's all of us here. We need wisdom. But it's not the wisdom that the world tries to indoctrinate us. The world's going to want to indoctrinate you with a wisdom that is not from God. We need a wisdom that comes from God, and we're going to seek that wisdom through prayer and through fasting. That's why today we're going to continue to pray. We started this service with prayer earlier, and we're going to end this service today with prayer as well. And we're going to go ahead and pray that God would give us that wisdom that we need as a church, as people, as men and women that we need. And we're going to ask Him, Lord, fill us with wisdom that comes from you. Rid us of our pride so that we can be filled with your Spirit. So why don't we stand right now? We're going to go ahead and pray, and we're going to do something very similar to what we did as we started this service. And for the next 10 minutes today, we're going to end with just prayer. I'm going to invite you for the man to look for other men and other brothers and make a group of about five guys and 
the women with the other ladies and about five women. And for the next ten minutes, we're going to spread out in just groups here and huddle and pray for one another and ask the Lord that he would give us wisdom. You all need wisdom. Amen. Amen. Let's go ahead and pray for one another then. Go ahead and spread out right now. And we're going to go ahead and just pray for the next ten minutes that God would fill us and, and just ask for prayer. Whatever you need prayer for, ask for prayer because God wants to go ahead and reveal to you the answer to your prayer. The Bible says that we ought to ask, seek, and knock. And we're going to go ahead and do that right now.